Okay, I'm ready. You want to go ahead and read the thing? Okay, I'm going to read the thing. It's a story we all know, perhaps the second most famous extinction after the dinosaurs. The animal so trusting, so unintelligent that it wouldn't run from its persistent human predators, that someone could simply walk up to it and capture, cook, and eat it with no trouble. A large bird hunted to extinction nearly as soon as it was discovered. Even the animal's name, dodo, has taken on its own context and inferred meanings. Dead as a dodo. Dumb as a dodo. But history rarely gives itself over to such simple narratives and clean storytelling. Though the bird itself has been gone for nearly 400 years, its rapid extinction continues to fascinate us as a symbol of humanity's hubris and greed. What really happened to this apex animal on the small African island of Mauritius? In this episode of Relative Disasters, we're going to examine the extinction of the dodo. Do you? I do. I think it's a neat animal. I have very mixed feelings. We can talk about that later, though. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where my sister and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events, their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. I'm Greg, head of the Archaeoornithology Department of Relative Disasters University. And I'm Ella, head of flightless waterfowl procurement here at Relative Disasters Corporation. Thank you so much for that interesting overview of the dodo, Greg. So I unabashedly like the dodo. It's a. I don't. I, I don't. I really dislike it. Okay. The more I read about it, and the more I looked at pictures of it, the more I hated it. So. Well, the pictures are very deceiving because we're going to talk about the art around the dodo in this episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like, you know, second or third hand people, uh, you know, painting what they thought it might have looked like. And Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, getting it just completely wrong. Mm. So uh, we're going to start with what the dodo was. It is an extinct flightless bird, and it lived on the island of Mauritius. Now, Mauritius is a small island off the coast of Africa, it's east of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. It was about three feet tall and probably weighed anywhere from 20 to 40 pounds. Right, and it's endemic to Mauritius, right? It doesn't exactly. grow anywhere else. It only existed on Mauritius. It never, okay. it never migrated. It never swam across the sea to another island. I'm telling you, it was too dumb. And I am I'm looking at a picture that. right now. <laughs> I'm going to dispute that with you. Um, all right, all right. Historically, but you're right, though. Historically, the dodo was considered a, a fat and clumsy and stupid bird. But, in actuality, it was incredibly well adapted for its ecosystem. The problem was that its ecosystem (laughs) became colonized, and within 50 to 70 years, it was driven to extinction. Yeah, what do we always say about colonization? Colonization ruins everything. Thank you. Let's Um, get a t-shirt. Yes, we should. (laughs) (laughs) So, the first sighting of the dodo by humans was... Uh, around 1598, and the last mm-hmm. sighting of the dodo by humans 
was around 1662. And who is doing this sighting? So we're going to get into that. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the island of Mauritius. Uh, Mauritius is a really cool place. First of all, it is gorgeous. Uh, One of my favorite things about doing research for this episode was seeing all of the pictures of Mauritius. And it Mm -hmm. it is gorgeous. It is a tropical island. It is surrounded by white beaches... And it is home to some of the world's rarest plants and animals. The problem is that the introduction of non-native species uh, has basically, you know, wiped out a good portion of them, uh, including I mean, that's humans. Part of colonization. Yeah. It is. And the thing about Mauritius is that it had no native population until the Dutch got there. From what we can understand from a historical and fossil record, only mm-hmm. animals lived there. The lagoons of Mauritius are protected from the open sea by a gigantic coral reef that actually rings the whole island, which keeps animals from migrating. So, for example, the dodo itself arrived in Mauritius about four million years ago. Oh, so they were around for a while. A long time, and it only took about 60 or so years to wipe them out. Okay. Uh, I think that that's one of the reasons why this catches the consciousness of the public so much is because it happened really fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, the dodo evolved uh, in an interesting environment. Mauritius was one of the few places where there was no mammalian life. (laughs) And when that happens, birds and reptiles can take on some really, really cool uh, biodiversity. And Mauritius was an excellent example of that because there were no predators around to attack them. The dodo had no need for uh, flight anymore. The ancestors of the dodo very likely reached the islands from South Asia Mm -hmm. coming through island hopping. (laughs) And then because there were no mammals competing for resources, one of the things that happens is that you gain size. It's a chubster. Yeah. Which if you think about, I mean, that's a big bird, right? Like, yeah, but at some point, like your wings get smaller, your body gets bigger. Yeah. At some point, you just stop flying. Yeah, exactly. Which sounds like exactly. the worst for a bird. And, well, and the thing is, is that it didn't really need to fly. The dodo developed a gigantic skull with a very, very, right. very, very thick beak. And that beak was probably used to smash very hard seeds and nuts. But it is not out of the question that it, it could have eaten small crabs and shellfish, like being able to... Sp- crack their shells with a beak that size. Oh, yikes. Oh, yeah. I mean, they ate mostly nuts and seeds and roots of plants and stuff like that, but very, very few birds are strict herbivores. And Mm. So they were doing surf and turf. Oh, yeah. All the time. Nice. Good stuff. Nice. They also had gizzard stones. Yeah, I did read that. Which is cool. Basically, the dodo evolved in an environment that was free of natural predators, and that it couldn't really leave. The nearest island to Mauritius is about 350 miles away, and because of that coral reef, no predators could get in, and nobody really got out. So it was 
a, a little bit like the Galapagos in that it was just a closed environment. And then we have the forming of the, the supervillain alliance of the 1600s, the Dutch East India Company. They're so bad. They're like a multi-season. <laughs> They're horrifying. All on their own. Oh, my God. Um, so the Dutch had known about Mauritius. It was a sort of stop-off point. Uh, as early as 1598, the earliest record we have of Mauritius is a Dutch expedition running into bad weather after passing the Cape of Good Hope and getting separated. A few of them bumped into Madagascar, and another couple came to Mauritius. And they established a port, and they started to notice that, hey, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff here, like ebony. Lots mm -hmm. of ebony. And so they started to colonize. Now, as soon as they arrived, they saw the dodo. Yep. It would be hard to miss them. The population was huge. They're real memorable looking. They don't look like any other animal or bird. They don't. They really don't. I mean, first of all, they're huge. They're three feet tall. And the Dutch are not used to three feet tall birds just sort of stomping around. Second of all, because they have no predators, there are a lot of you know, historical documents of them literally just walking up to people and being like, um, you're, you're standing in my house. What's up? And of course, these things are fascinating to the Dutch and they would write a lot about them in mm -hmm. their ship's logs, but they'd never seen one before. So they gave it a name. Is it Terror Pigeon? No, no. The, the original name was the Valvogel. Oh yeah. And what does that translate to? <laughs> It translates to tasteless or sickly bird. Um, it's That's because, not what I would have chosen. Okay. Here's, well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. they, they're not good to eat. Okay? There, there is a lot of meat on a three-foot-tall bird. Right. But from a lot of accounts, they're not that tasty. They, uh, they kind of taste bad. I had not thought about this before, and now I am extremely curious about what dodos actually taste like. Right. So looking at them, they're like giant pigeons. Yeah. But they don't taste like pigeon or chicken. I've never eaten pigeon. And yeah, all the descriptions of them as food. Well, a lot of the descriptions of them as food. Describe them both as good meat mm -hmm. and loathsome meat. Okay. So, so there's a lot of it, but it doesn't taste very good? I guess. And the other thing is that one of the hardest things about the historical written record about these things is, remember, this was an island where... Everything evolved on it without human interference. So people were running into these things for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'd get the dodo confused for other birds. There was another large bird called the red rail, which could grow to be about half the size of a dodo. And even though it was apparently differently colored and had a differently shaped beak, sailors would mistake it for like, oh, it's just a small dodo. Mm. So the word dodo may come from a couple of different Dutch words. Uh, so, wait, sorry. The yeah, Dutch word yeah. is... <laughs> Volvogel. Like, tasteless bird. Yeah, And then in bird. English, we're calling it dodo. No, because the, the Dutch named it, but then they came up with a nickname for it. Okay. Which is dodo. Okay. <laughs> so, the two possibilities of it are dodur, uh -huh. which is the Dutch word for, like 
lazy or stupid. Jeez. Like, yep. They just because... hate these birds, don't they? <laughs> well, because think about it. I mean, if you not only are you dumb, like... you taste horrible. Like if if the bird is just sort of wandering over to you and like doesn't see you as a threat, you're gonna think it's dumb. I, but there, this was a whole island of birds. None of those That's birds true. had seen people. They couldn't have been the only species that was wandering up to the East India Tea Company, being like, "Hey, how's it going?" And the other possibility is the word dodar, mm-hmm. which the nice translation of it means fat butt. <laughs> All right, you've you've swung me over, and now I feel sorry for them. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> so, and and apparently, it was not referring to the the corpulence of the dodo. Uh-huh. It was referring to the feathers on its back. Oh boy! So, sure, we'll go with that. So, when you call this thing the dodo, you're you're calling it fatty butt. I don't know. I it's just want to say, I've been looking at pictures of the dodo, and I've also been looking at the pictures of the Dutch sailors, and those guys yeah. are nothing to look at either, okay? It's true, right? Like, come on. <laughs> Get your own house in order before you start judging people. <laughs> so, the contemporary descriptions of them vary widely, because some of the people writing about them were writing about the red rail, mm-hmm. and some of the people writing about them were writing about the dodo sort of after it had already gone extinct or while it was going extinct, so Mm. there were fewer. The other thing that may contribute to our view of the dodo as being, like, fat and clumsy Mm -hmm. is that when the Europeans arrived on Mauritius, these things were fascinating to them, so they took a bunch into captivity. Mm. And a bird in captivity generally became overfed because, you know, you don't know what these things are going to going to eat so you just feed it a lot of everything oh boy and the other thing is that taxidermy was not really an exact science at the time and so a lot of the dodo carcasses that were taxidermied got overly stuffed and (laughs) and misposed so like the famous edwards dodo painting is like the standard image of the dodo Mm -hmm. and that one is probably historically inaccurate overstuffed so the dodo made it as far as the Mughal emperor in Surat. A living dodo? A living dodo. No kidding. They were yeah. exotic pets. And and a couple of them made it to London, but they didn't live terribly long in captivity. So, in fact, the ones in captivity were actually dead before the species had completely gone extinct as oh, well. Oh, jeez. So, wow. Okay. Not a breeding population, obviously. No, no. Not a breeding population. And the one that made it to London was the only live uh, specimen that we have a historical record of. Oh, no. uh, Of being in Europe. And they were all by themselves. Yeah, they would just be single ones. Yeah. Well, now I feel sad. Okay. Yeah. This is really, (laughs) so far, Greg, this episode has been a real (laughs) roller coaster for me. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. So the dodo's environment is very, very good for the dodo. It's tropical weather, there's tons to eat, and it has no natural predators. And then the Dutch arrive. I have a quote for you. Will Cuppy? Yeah. Did you read that? Yes. Go for it. The dodo never had a chance. He seems to have been invented for the sole purpose of becoming extinct, and that was all he was good for. Will Cuppy. Yep. That's pretty harsh. (laughs) But it does make me think about how, like, perfectly suited it was for its environment, and then its environment changed, and it was... Goodbye. And its environment changed extremely rapidly because once humans came into Mauritius, 
They started doing stuff like building shelter and harvesting, especially ebony. Mm-hmm. And they brought some friends. Well, yeah, the thing that really pushed it over the edge was the arrival of rats and pigs. Yep. The rats would eat the eggs out of the dodo nests, and the pigs would eat everything in their environment. Mm-hmm. The dodo had survived thousands and thousands of years of volcanic activity climatic change in its ecosystem and tidal waves and tsunamis and all sorts of other stuff that you know would wipe out a less hardy population mm-hmm. and then between 1662 and 1598 wiped out completely by the intervention of humans Bummer. so it's incredible to me how quickly a human species can wipe out an environment and not I don't think it was done, you know, with real malice intended. Mm -mm. It's just that humans need shelter and stuff. And especially in the 1600s, they're not going to care if a bird doesn't exist anymore just so they can have a roof over their heads. Mm -hmm. And our friend the Red Rail also went extinct at about the same time. Oh, bummer. Yep. And we're sure those are two different species? They are two completely different species, and we can tell that from the fossil record. Because we do have remains of the dodo and the red rail. So the biggest issue that the dodo ran into was the fact that predation by pigs was just something that they could not have... Yeah, pigs are bad news for (laughs) non-pig environments, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pigs are extremely voracious eaters. They reproduce relatively quickly. And because they're omnivorous, they can just devour an environment out from under you. Humans did hunt the dodos for food. But, you know, we don't want to downplay that. But the amount of dodos killed by humans is not, you know, even close to the amount of dodos that died out because they couldn't exist in an environment alongside rats and pigs. Do you think this species would have been preserved if it had tasted a little bit better? Had people have been more <laughs> compelled to like start farming them or at least protecting their area of the forest? I don't, because remember at the time, and this is actually going to play into my next point. Thank you for bringing that up. Sure. At the time, the general assumption was that everything in the world had been created by a creator for the purposes of humanity, right? This island was put here by our creator for me to enjoy. These birds were made by my creator for me to enjoy. And I'm sending them back because they don't taste very good. (laughs) I'd like to speak with the head waiter, please. (laughs) Where is my sommelier? Where is my chicken sommelier? Yeah, so I I don't think they would have been uh, preserved. They may have been farmed more, but they also apparently produced very small clutches of eggs as well, like one to two for each mated pair during a mating season. So it may have just been that they weren't, you know, it would have been really difficult to uh, farm them. I'm sure not tasting very good didn't help. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they just are not good for much at this point. Uh, They were very good for surviving in their environment. They were not very good for use by humans. Even their feathers were kind of useless. Apparently they were... Oh, jeez. That was my next question, if they were decorative at all. Not not especially. Uh, Apparently they were either very plainly colored, Mm -hmm. you know, like browns and grays, 
or uh you know shades of yellow that weren't very attractive and all this other stuff like they didn't even want the feathers wow ouch one of the i do want to share one of the um one of the hunting methods was to simply run after them and grab it by the legs see <laughs> this is where i always get stuck yeah if there's a bird that you can chase and tackle yep. and just like hit it on the head yep it seems like that is how most of them would have died. Like, if humans see an easy food source like that, an easy source of protein... Oh, sure. Yeah. I can see where they would just, like, go through the forest and pick them off for sandwiches Absolutely. one by one. And then yeah. at a certain point, there are none left. Well, yeah. Like, it always sounds like picking apples to me. You go and you get hungry, you go into the forest, you grab a dodo, you, you just have grab it for a lunch. dodo, right. have it for lunch, yeah. But that's not so, the case. I'm going to bring the sad again. <laughs> So a Dutch sailor reported their their hunting method. Mm-hmm. So they would run up and they would grab a dodo by the leg. And the dodo, they weren't, you know, slow birds. They were they were pretty fast, but the humans would, would sort of drove them. Mm-hmm. So they'd surround and kind of herd them together and then grab one. And then once once they had grabbed it by the leg, the dodo would start screaming for help. Oh. And other dodos would come running to lend assistance oh. and they would grab those dodos as well so that was the hunting method the hunting oh. method was to just get one of them so that all of its friends would come and help him out and then you'd eat them too that is so mean and the whole time you'd be saying oh this doesn't taste as good as the chicken we have back in london <laughs> that's so and, mean and you'd, be, and you'd be saying what a dumb bird because they're coming to help their friend and you're right. like dummy all right well, I take it back. Maybe they're more socially evolved than I think. Maybe they were. Maybe the dodos had, like, you know, maybe they held meetings and were like, no, 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 no. Let's see what these big two-legged dudes are all about before we start running away from them. If anyone gets in trouble, just holler for help and the dodo yeah. brigade will come get you. Oh. <laughs> Why are there so many fewer people than our last meeting? <laughs> Where's the rest of our membership? Oh, God. Anyway, uh, the actual extinction date of the dodo is contested. Mm-hmm. The 1662 date comes from the last credible observation, but as late as 1681, there may have been a sighting of the dodo. Ooh. But at any rate, by the 1650s, it was very rare. And there is uh, it, certainly none left now. Oh, yes. There are absolutely none left now. Sorry, I didn't mean that to sound trite. I was just thinking about like the coelacanth, yeah. the yeah, exactly the species that kind of are thought to be extinct and then pop up mysteriously. Well, the coelacanth had a whole ocean to hide in. The dodo only had this one island. I mean, and, uh, <laughs> the island is pretty well settled now. Okay, okay, Greg. Okay. It would be nice. It would be nice if a dodo popped up. Maybe we can Jurassic Park them. Just bring. <laughs> Bring some dodos back. If we were going to make a Jurassic Park, that is the kind of species we should be trying to bring back. <laughs> yes, we don't want gigantic <laughs> apex predators. We don't want the velociraptors. Can... Nope. <laughs> Although a velociraptor dodos. was only like the size of a chicken. The the ones you got to be careful of are the Deinonychus. Those are the ones that are the size of movie velociraptors. Okay, those are all smart. So the remains of dodos that we have in modern times. Mm-hmm are few and far between. Yep. A lot of dodos, skeletons, are around mm-hmm. because we actually found sort of like a tar pit that has tons <laughs> of them in it. Why am I picturing dodos being not good about tar pits? <laughs> it's not really a tar pit. It was it was more of like a uh, a very thick mud 
there's possible evidence that Dodo were actually very, very good at getting each other out of the mud. Ah, interesting. So, like, one of them gets stuck, yells for help, a bunch of Dodos come and get it back out again. Anyway. Wow. Dodo SWAT teams. So, what we have left... <laughs> the Oxford University Museum of Natural History has a dried head and a foot. Ugh. Most of the... Other remains that we used to have of dodos have been lost over the last, you know, 400 years or so. The only soft tissue remains are the Oxford head, which was lost for a while, uh, and then they and then they found it again. So, okay. I love those stories from museums. Okay, it probably oh wasn't God. lost, Greg. It probably wasn't lost. It was probably it in was a box. It was put in a box somewhere and somebody forgot about it. Yeah, and the label absolutely. fell off, and then 100 years <laughs> later, someone was like, oh, hey, what's this? A lot of stuffed dodos that uh, you might see in a museum mm-hmm. are made of feathers from other birds, thanks to British taxidermist Roland Ward, who didn't have enough feathers from actual dodos so he just shoved whatever they wanted on them gotta make do there was a nearly complete dodo in the ashmolean museum Mm -hmm. that was stuffed and they burned it sometime around 1755 because it decayed very badly bummer they separated out one leg and the head for preservation. The rest of the body was burned. Did you read about the eggshell? Uh, yes, go ahead. There's a dodo eggshell in South Africa. In 2010, they decided they were going to DNA test it to see if it matched the remains of the other known dodo DNA yep. examples. Um, but they've been in court for 10 years. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think what? they've ever tested it. So oh, uh, it was donated... And it was contested. Okay. So nobody's really sure who owns it. It's just an eggshell. So the egg is right. egg's been drained. It's what they're right, looking right, at right. is the albumen in the in the inner layer of the shell. They think it might have yep. DNA. Cool. Uh, however, if you can't establish ownership, nobody can test it. Right. You can't. Well, you can't break it. You can't take it apart and uh, test it. Right. Yeah. Because if it's not yours, you can't break things that aren't yours. <laughs> well, wow. uh, but they also think it might be another bird egg. There which were is a something... lot of birds on Mauritius. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of dodo remains or like dodo evidence. Yeah, people look at more closely with DNA evidence, and they're like, "Oh, this is actually yep. this other thing that kind of looks like a dodo, but isn't." That, it's that's, very that's slippery very and mysterious. Common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Again, if they had had attractive feathers, they would have been put in hats, and we would have a better record. I'm just saying. And if they tasted better, and if maybe they tasted better. <laughs> We would have farms in France dedicated to Dodo. Dodo (laughs) husbandry. Artisanally raised Dodo. (laughs) Grass-fed Dodo. Dodo pate. One of the most interesting things about the Dodo is Mm -hmm. of all the extinct species in the world, why is this one so lodged in the public consciousness? Mm. And I have a theory. And it has to do with Lewis Carroll. Ah, I knew we were going to get here eventually. Eventually. And I'm here for it. So Lewis Carroll incorporated the dodo into Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Yes, he did. And it's presented as something of a of a sad, uh, lonely creature. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, Lewis Carroll included the dodo because he identified with it as sort of a sad, lonely creature. Oh, Lewis! And had adopted its name as a nickname for himself because of his stammer because he would accidentally 
introduce himself to other people as D-D-Dodgson. Oh, that makes me so sad. Obviously, his real name was Charles Dodgson. When he would introduce himself to people, his stutter would get a hold of himself. He, he was very socially isolated. When you think of all the animals that we associate ourselves with as humans, to associate yourself yep. with a dodo just sounds incredibly melancholy. <laughs> it, melancholy is a good word for it. And, and Lewis Carroll was a fairly melancholy dude. I guess it makes sense. Okay. And the other thing is that Lewis Carroll, Charles Dodgson, whatever, mm-hmm. and Alice Liddell, the, mm-hmm. the Alice had enjoyed going to the Oxford Museum to see the dodo remains there. Sadness upon sadness. So he knew about the dodo. Mm -hmm. The original illustrations in the book of the dodo were taken very, you know, very much from the original paintings of the dodos. And I just think it's, you know, it's kind of a neat way to remember it in, in the public consciousness. He really made sure it wasn't forgotten. He was a dodo promoter. Yes. I'm sorry, it's just making me sadder and sadder. <laughs> Charlie, I'm so sorry. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the misinformation campaign waged against the poor Dodo. Uh, haters gonna hate. What can you say? Haters gonna hate. <laughs> Despite its reputation as a stupid and clumsy bird, mm-hmm. uh, the Dodo was actually probably extremely fast and almost graceful okay i can give you fast because they're all motion i can't give you graceful it doesn't look graceful yes it doesn't look graceful because you got to remember most of the paintings describing it are wrong most of them are based on either overstuffed taxidermy dodos or overfed captive dodos the dodo in the wild on mauritius had Wings that were not quite vestigial. They couldn't fly with them, mm-hmm. but they could be used for display behavior, balance, and any any flightless bird that still has wings mm-hmm. uses those wings as part of its locomotion. So it actually can be very, very fast. We know from the studies of its leg bones that it had cantilever strength mm-hmm. through the roof. These things could fly over the ground, but not literally. Right. The beak itself probably could break bone. You got to remember that the nuts and the roots and stuff that this thing fed on needed a very heavy weight to crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had no problems with that. Also, based on reconstructions of their possible life cycle, the latest data shows that dodos could reach around 18 to 20 years old. Which Mm. is also one of the reasons why they didn't reproduce terribly quickly. Sure, they thought they had lots of time. Because they had more time, exactly. Well, with no natural predators, the only thing that's going to get you is disease or falling off a cliff. And they were pretty hardy birds. And the other thing is that, you know, the intelligence. I mean, I'm not saying that they were, you know, super smart, but because they're birds. Mm -hmm. But they, they had definitely become one of the premier forms of life on this island and you don't survive that long by being stupid so i would i would reject the modern narrative of the dodo and and say no no friends rediscover the dodo stand up for the dodo anyway (laughs) so last thing i wanted to talk about with the dodo Mm -hmm. is uh where do we go from here so the dodo is gone sadly it will never come back it will never return we've we've got a lot of interesting scientific data on it 
We do have some DNA. Well, we sort of do, yeah. We have some preserved remains. Right. But, eh, who knows if if they would be useful in a Jurassic Park setting. I do want to talk about the the closest living relative to the dodo, which is the Nicobar pigeon. Of? It lives in the Adaman and Nicobar Islands in India, hmm. and it is the only living member of its genus and is very likely the closest living relative of the dodo. It has beautiful feathers. It's a pretty cool bird. Uh, they are hunted for food, and their gizzard stones are used in jewelry. Oh, Are they endangered? Their status is near-threatened. Okay, gotcha. So they are not, they're not in danger of going extinct yet, and their habitat is being threatened as well. But mm. that is the dodo's nearest living relative still surviving today, the Nicobar pigeon. Good to know. So I think that the reason that the dodo kind of sticks with us after... You know, it's been almost 400 years at this point. It's not just that, you know, Lewis Carroll decided to include it, although that definitely helped, I'm sure, but that we have stories of human beings showing up and, and harming an environment and then correcting it and everything is fine. But the dodo is sort of our big story now of human beings showing up, changing an environment, and causing something to go extinct. We know that this bird had been around for thousands of years before we got there, and it couldn't even survive like 70 years of us hanging out with it. Mm. So I think it's the it's a combination of the fact that the bird is just so odd-looking and has this sort of mysterious nature to it. It's gone, but we have a we have an almost modern record of it. It's recently gone. It's just left the building. Yeah. And the fact that we drove it to extinction so quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the major extinction event going on right now is the white rhino, which, mm. you know, by the time this episode is posted, may have just gone extinct. We still, you know, for all, all of the stuff that humanity is really good at, mm -hmm. we still haven't quite figured out how to change the environment for the benefit of everything instead of to the, to the benefit of us and the detriment to everything else. So, and hmm. I think the dodo is sort of our symbol of that. And uh, for that, we thank you, dodo. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. Our bad. <laughs> I'm sure you tasted better than they said you tasted. And uh... yeah, there's a lot of hate for the dodo, man. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not here for the dodo hate. I'm. I'm here for the 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 appreciation of an animal that had absolutely thrived in its environment. And then one lousy house guest shows up and everything goes south. Yeah. So, oh. so that's the dodo. Well, let's uh, raise a glass. Modern day Mauritius, the Republic of Mauritius, mm -hmm. its coat of arms prominently features the dodo. Again, I don't know if that is, I'm sure there is a reason why it's on the coat of arms, but there's a reason why no sports teams are called the dodos, the fighting dodos. Right. Well, we need to change that. That's what this episode's for. The dodo is not the uh, the thing that we all thought it was. It was it was a very very cool animal in its environment. I all mean, right. humans don't do so well when we get thrown into outer space without a breathing apparatus. So it's hard to blame the dodo for <laughs> being the dodo. All right. So Ease when up. I when I think about the extinction of the dodo, what I think yeah. about is aliens coming to this planet and being like, these humans yeah. are so dumb. 
Why they do they taste need so horrible? much oxygen in their environment? <laughs> they taste bad. <laughs> All you have to do is chase them. Yeah, you just grab one and a whole bunch of other ones show up to try to help and then you eat them too. Yeah. No, you see, cannot exactly. put their feathers in a hat. You cannot raise them <laughs> for meat. That's what I think of. That's the unsettling thing. They reproduce extremely me. slowly. They have a right? very long lifespan. <laughs> yeah. These things are useless. Give us 70 years. We'll have them wiped out. Thank you. Thank you for coming over to Team Dodo. <laughs> Oh, I so, wouldn't say I'm there. <laughs> so the dodo is uh, featured on Mauritian banknotes and mm-hmm. coins. As I said, it is one of the supporters on the coat of arms of Mauritius. So it's like, it's not just featured, it's literally one of the supporters. Okay. So if you know anything about heraldry, that's a big deal. And a number of animals and insects have been named after the dodo. See, again... <laughs> But just why? Why? One of these insects is a type of spider, the Nifiline spider, uh, mm-hmm. which is named Nifilengus dodo. Uh, it lives in the same woods as the dodo, mm-hmm. and it was named after the dodo to raise awareness for the urgent need for protection of the Mauritius biota. Because if you want to bring attention to the extinction of a species, you you bring up the dodo. It's emblematic of extinction. And the final thing I wanted to close on, in 2009, a previously unknown 17th century Dutch illustration of a dodo was brought for sale at Christie's auction house. It was expected to go for about 6,000 pounds. And it went for 44500 hmm. because there's still love for the dodo out there. Did you want to read the Hilaire Belloc poem? I just want to take a minute to sit with the fact that someone paid 44000 pounds for a picture of a bird that is probably not accurate. Well, this one might be more accurate because this one, I think the reason why it sold for as much as it did was because this one looks like it was actually drawn from life as opposed to drawn from a stuffed specimen. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the beak looks the beak looks different. The coloring looks different. The stance looks different. The stance is a big part of trying to tell if it was from a taxidermy dodo or a real life one. The dodos don't stand with that sort of weird squat look. They're much more upright in the real life ones. So the poet Hilaire Belloc wrote a book called The Bad Child's Book of Beasts in 1896. It is a charming, charming book. Have you ever read it? I am. I'm actually looking into getting myself a copy of it right now because it's amazing. Your uh, kids would really enjoy it. If you can find an really illustrated fun. copy, it's a really, really fun book. Even Belloc better. is an amazing writer. Uh, so he wrote a poem about the dodo for The Bad Child's Book of Beasts. Ella, would you like to regale us with the uh, the two verses? Yeah, it's called The Dodo. The dodo used to walk around and take the sun and air. The sun yet warms his native ground. The dodo is not there. The voice which used to squawk and squeak is now forever dumb. Yet you may see his bones and beak, all in the museum. Although we gave you slightly exaggerated credentials at the top of the show, we do fact-check our stories in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible. If you'd like to read more about our sources, a complete bibliography will be available in our show notes. If we got anything wrong, please let us know. You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to shame us publicly, why not use our Instagram at relative.disasters. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relative Disasters. We hope you've enjoyed the story and the discussion. And please join us next time for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. My sister has selected our next disaster, 
What's it going to be, Ella? How do you feel about dancing? I like dancing. Well, I'm going to ruin it for you because our next episode is going to be on the 1518 Dancing Plague. That sounds like an amazing disaster, and I can't wait to talk about it with you.